Adam Crowley Show. Uh, we got to earn tomorrow. That's French. <laughs> That's yeah. your French. Yes. <laughs> we, me, 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 woo, poo, poo. Those are very good French. I right? agree. That was excellent. So good. I could do right quick, Gudis. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Adam Crowley. It's not even funny. On ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show. Where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. Brian LaMartina sick, shirtless Tom behind the glass. We're joined now by Tim Benz from The Trib, Breakfast with Benz, and he's, of course, the official vampire of The Crowley Show. Tim, I was attacked today by the Phil Kessel Defense Foundation. Oh, they turned their attention to someone else, huh? They're coming after me hard, pal. What'd you do? I said that there are four Penguins that need to bounce back this season. Broussard, Murray, Latang, and Kessel. And people crushed me for Kessel because, didn't you hear? Crowley had 92 points last year. Yeah, well, here's what he also did. He should have come out of the lineup when he was injured during the regular season, but instead he cared about his game's played streak. That led to him playing injured in the playoffs, where he didn't play well. Three points. Even strength in 12 games. Uh, so I think he needs to bounce back from that performance. I don't think it's unfair to say that. Oh, you know what? I think Pursuta did tell me about this. We were in the Steelers media room today, and he brought up your tweet. Didn't you say something to the effect of how the Phil Kessel Defense Foundation loves to lash out at anybody who said, well, you know what? Phil didn't have a very good playoff, and they defend Phil by saying, well, he had 92 points the regular season, <laughs> but previous years you would attack his regular season, you'd say, well, he was great in the playoffs. Exactly. So that, that's, that's how the Phil Foundation works. You can't criticize them in any way, shape, or form uh, because they can always harken back to one point or the other. Um, so it's the regular season that matters when it's convenient to them. It's the playoffs that matter when it's convenient to them, and nothing is allowed to be convenient to you. That's what they do. Uh, it's what they always have done uh, because they think they are responsible for Phil's success because they come up with funny gifts for Twitter. That, that, in, in its core, that is what the Phil Kessel Defense Foundation is. You can't possibly defend Phil's playoff last year, even if you tried to use his regular season as a fulcrum. Uh, it's just intellectually dishonest, but when has intellect ever come into any of these conversations? I agree with all three of those guys that you assessed right there, Adam. Um, you know, and Broussard... Broussard worries me. I was such a fan of the trade. I so wholeheartedly endorsed it when it happened. Um, and then to hear him talk as the playoffs moved along and then into the offseason about how, you know, he didn't quite fit in because of you know, who he was playing with and the type of minutes he was getting and was still getting used to the notion of being a third-line center. Well, if he needs power play points, if he needs to play with top six wingers, he's just not going to get that here. No. And then maybe we all misevaluated his importance to the team. You know who he needs to be, Tim? He needs to be Lars Eller from last year. Yeah, he needs to be Jordan Stahl from 2009. Yep. You know, or Nick Benino from... Uh, back in the two Stanley Cup years. Uh, I think that's what he needs to be, and he's more likely to be Benino than he is to be Jordan Stahl based on how his game is, I would think. At least Jordan Stahl, how he played here, as opposed to how Jordan wanted to be once he hit the free agent market and went to Carolina. But, yeah, he's, he's got to be able to be effective, as of now anyway, 
with Brian Rust on one wing and Dominic Simone on the other wing. And uh, if Simone is as good as the Penguins keep telling us that he is, then he should be somebody that Broussard can get something out of. Um, if Broussard needs scorers to be as effective as he wants to be, uh, then Russ should be moved somewhere else and Sprung should be given to him because he's going to get something out of a score. Uh, that's how I feel about the distribution of wingers, and, and Sitt and Hornquist just need to make it work, period. Tim, as far as the roster is concerned, in the Crosby-Malkin era, I think this is right up there in, in terms of depth and high-end talent that they've had. doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the championship. We've seen that in years past. You also need a little bit of health and a little bit of luck along the way to be able to get it done, but where do you rank them uh, among the Sidney Crosby of Guinea Malkin-led teams? I, I love this roster. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, and that's been said a lot this offseason. I don't know if it necessarily out, uh, if it extends beyond the team that you had back in 2009 for the way it was constructed. Uh, you know, Chris Letang is a young player, is the second-best defenseman after Sergei Gonchar. That's pretty close, if not better, than Schultz playing behind Letang now based on the season Letang is coming off of. Uh, you know, Flower in 2009 versus... Uh, Matt Murray now, um, you know, I think Marc-Andre Fleury back then was great. Uh, you know, and, and his 2009 season was probably better than uh, what we had have a right to expect right now from Murray coming off yeah. of what he came off last year. Uh, Sid and Gino now, or Sid and Gino now better than what they were in 2009? Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I, I don't necessarily believe that based on the playoffs that we saw from Malkin. I, I, you know, and we just talked about Stahl versus Broussard. So, I don't know, that's that's tough. I know everybody wants to sell themselves on that because they want to think for, they want to look for a reason as to why they're better than the Capitals now. Well, I think the reason why they might be better for the, than the Capitals right now is the same reason why the Capitals were better than the Penguins last year. It's not necessarily that the roster is all that much better than the opponent. It's just that the Penguins went through the entire postseason run. They got their cups. You know, yeah. the, the Caps finally did their thing, and now. Maybe the Caps have a season like the Penguins did in 2010 where they went that deep, they finally got through it, and uh, there's a sigh, and the, the Penguins are the ones that are uh, a little bit more cheesed off and they want to get after Washington, and they go to the Stanley Cup again. I, I don't know if it's as much about the roster being all that much better as it is about uh, it's their time as opposed to the fact that it was time for the Capitals a season ago. Tim Benz from Breakfast with Benz on the Trib joining us here on the Crowley Show. Before we get to football, broad strokes, Tim, as Mike Tomlin would say. Broad Paint brush. with a broad brush. Yes. Paint with a broad brush. Uh, do the Penguins win another one in the Crosby-Malkin era? Yeah, I don't know why I think that. You ask me that right now, I'm going to say yes. And maybe it is this year because of the depth and because of the fact that they're a little bit more rested with this team after, um, you know, having to go through two consecutive cup years, cup years. Maybe it is this year. Maybe it's sort of like a little Red Wings thing going on where they needed one year off before they get another one, kind of like we saw from uh, Detroit uh, back in the 90s. Um, you know, a little break in the era, and then they get one more. I, I don't know when it is, uh, but yeah, I, I do think they get one more. Oh, man, I don't know. It's asking for a lot. I mean, like it is. That's where know, that's where I come down the logic, to. The logic in me says no because it's just so hard to get four in one era, right? Exactly. But the talent that they have suggests to me that there's still plenty good enough that you know. What if Jake Gensel gets better? And what if Daniel <laughs> Sprung gets better? They've still got the. What if Matt Murray bounces back? So 
I don't know. I, something tells me they do get one more before Crosby's done. I think it, it might take a bit. You know, maybe he needs to be a complimentary role player and they get themselves another superstar somewhere along the way that buoys him. I mean, he could be a second-line center. Regino has the season of his life and Sig can be a second-line center. Maybe that's the formula. I, if I were looking at this uh, as just this season – with the Penguins not having done all that they've done before, I'd say, oh, yeah, they're my favorite. I love this roster, and there are some good rosters around the league. Uh, Tavares now winds up. They're deep down the middle uh, in Toronto, Washington. They're coming off their championship. They're deep, too. But I'd still think the Penguins stack up with anybody. I'd pick them to win, but four times in an air, man. I have my uh, a hard time wrapping my head around it. Well, Adam, let's say this. If they are as acutely... Um, aware of their own roster and their own talent. If, if they are as good at talent assembly as we like to make them out to be, well, then this unit better have one more in it because they sure have locked up a lot of people long-term, haven't they? <laughs> There's no doubt about that. You know, like they, they gave contracts to Russ. They gave contracts to Hornquist. Uh, you know, they, they acquired Broussard with a long-range look, not just as a rental player. Um, you know, just uh, Brian Dumoulin got a contract. Uh, you know, who else am I forgetting about? You know, Latang still has some years left. Uh, Murray, they want to keep long term, and they've given him at least a, a bridge deal. So, I don't know if, if they are as right about their own guys as we love to say that they are all the time, and they want to keep Gensel too. Well, then they better they better get one more because they've hitched their wagons to a lot of guys for years to come. Tim, you have been venting through your column about the Steelers' loss from Sunday night, and it's been multiple columns. Will you like the airing of grievances. Is that has that become a favorite of yours? I very much like it, and I'm wondering, Tim, if you're going to be done bitching about the Steelers' loss before the next game comes around. There's so much to cover. <laughs> yeah, I... I did that, you know, I, I, I kind of stumbled onto that idea after the Chiefs game. It worked. I got to the Ravens game, and I started writing the column, and it was a thousand words long. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be about 750. So I just kind of left 250 <laughs> words and built off of that for the next day without thinking hard. It wasn't hard to come up with another 500 words after that. Um, yeah, I, and, and to suggest that I'm done bitching in general about the Baltimore game, uh, well, specifically about the Baltimore game, yes. In general, no, because... I've got a run game column cooking for tomorrow. Yes, I, I think you're going to, you know, amplify on your show, uh, or maybe you have already. I think we're on board with a lot of our same opinions there. And uh, you know, I, I don't like the notion, as I wrote about today, that uh, it's not time to panic. I, I actually I take that back. I agree, it's not time to panic. It was time to panic after Kansas City. <laughs> um, you know, look at that schedule. And and I don't know about you, Adam, but do you think that what we have seen in the first month of the Steelers team is something fleeting? Because no. I sure don't. I don't think the problems that we've seen so far with the Steelers of 2018 are passing fancies. I think that there are issues abound. I think age is catching up with some of their star players. And I think this schedule is brutal moving forward. I thought they were a 10-win team, and I thought they'd have three wins by now, and they have one. Yeah, and I think you have to take that into account. I don't think enough fans do it. Well, there's still a lot of season left. Yeah, but didn't you have them beating the Browns? Didn't you have them beating the Chiefs like they always do at home? Didn't you have them going to Tampa winning that game before then playing Baltimore? You're likely going to split with those guys, but you have been having more success against them recently. Fans don't take that into account enough. As for the running game, 
I think it is one of the reasons why the Steelers' offense has looked so inconsistent. They start off slow. They're not finishing games at all. They haven't scored in the second half in either of the last two games. I think that a lot of that has to deal with they're not running the football. Now, fans have been quick to point out, well, they've been falling behind in games. Yeah, but they also tied them both at the half. Uh, you, yeah. have, you have the opportunity to run it. They just don't want to because I don't think they trust James Conner right now. No, that's, and it does sound like we're on the same page with Conner because that's what I'm writing for tomorrow. Is They either yeah. need to stop lying to themselves or lying to us about James Conner and what they think he really is. I mean, we have been sold a lot on James Conner, and you know, ever since the Cleveland game ended, whether it was the fumble or the lack of efficiency once he tried to run against the stacked front in the bad weather in Cleveland, they have not been willing to go to him. Uh, you know, it was, I think, three handoffs to Connor in the second half against Baltimore in a game that wasn't a shootout. You know, there were a lot of punts back and forth, and there were a lot of stalled Baltimore drives that wound up in field goals. And they were more enamored of Ryan Switzer in the backfield. Um, you know, you know it, it was it was a field goal game. Like, you tell you tell me if they trust James Conner as much as they claim that they do. To the point that they've always told us they don't have to change their approach without Le'Veon Bell. They've got James Conner. Do you really think that Le'Veon Bell only gets three handoffs in a field goal game, a tied game at halftime? Do you really think Le'Veon Bell gets three handoffs in the second half? Because I don't. Nope, not at all. Like, go back to the Kansas City game. The Kansas City game, he scores a touchdown on a drive where he had five carries and a touchdown to tie the game at 28-28. I think he had one handoff after that. Does Le'Veon Bell get that treatment? Absolutely not, he doesn't. I'm looking forward to that column, Tim. Well, I think you just heard it. I'm looking forward to reading it. The last time, the last time I did this on your show, I thought the column. Actually, I know the column, Dick Gray. It tracked well. So, like, I can rehearse my column on your show, and just the magic of the words that flows through my fingers. You're my muse, Adam Crowley. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> hey, I'm here for it, baby. Uh, it makes our show better uh, if it makes the column better too. Uh, appreciate the time, my friend, and stay away from all of us because we're all sick. And we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, what's wrong with Brian? He's back now. He's been hacking up a lung. I'm awesome, he like, Tim. Is he like Martavis Bryant or something like that? I mean, like, you know, uh, is he there? Did I just hear him? Yeah, yeah. I'm awesome, Tim. I'm feeling spectacular. It's I mean, you've missed more work than Martavis with this cold lately. I'm starting <laughs> to wonder here. Are you well, going to go to Oakland? Well, you know, I'm getting a big head here, Tim. I'm kind of a big deal, so I'm thinking, you know, they, they should probably show me how much they want me. So until oh, they do, yeah. then I'll come back on a regular oh, basis. Oh, it's more of a Lev thing then, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's kind so, of a... So wait a minute. So let's draw up the analogy a little bit more here. If you're Mark Tavis, then who's Juju? Shirtless Tom? <laughs> that would be correct. He's yeah. the king of social media, right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah, very he's, lit. There you go. If he's lit on social media, you should start blasting him on social media when people say they want more Shirtless Tom and less Brian. Yeah, and as a side note, as a Martavia, as a Martavis Bryant, I forgot what the hell we were just talking about. <laughs> that, that was – I haven't seen a drop that great in a long time. And then the one guy from oh like Colorado I tried to replicate it. <laughs> I, I, oh, my God. I mean, that was spectacular failure by uh, Martavis Bryant. Uh, Tim, he lo- appreciate he it. lost it in the sun. Oh, See you, bud. Blistered in the sun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
I'm tired. <laughs> My throat hurts. Oh, come on. I'm, Lungs hurt. I'm I should ask, sick, man. I should ask Benz if he wants to come on uh, for the show tomorrow and just host no, instead of me. Nothing worse when you're sick and you want to complain and everybody else is complaining that they're sick. Well, you should have maybe worn a mask or not showed up to work on Sunday. Give me my moment, damn it. Coming up next, Latang, Murray, Kessel, and Broussard all need to be better next year. What faith do you have in each of those players? I'll tell you who I have faith in to bounce back. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's the Adam a- Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed me. You know, and now we're talking about a weekly spot of the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are up. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. I asked him a couple of questions in the last segment that I did not plan on asking. And now I'm intrigued. We'll get into which of my four players that need to step up have the best chance of stepping up in a second here. But I asked him if he thinks that the Penguins will win another Stanley Cup in the Crosby Malkin era. And he says yes. Man, their roster is as good as anybody in the sports right now. And it has been now for four years, uh, even longer than that probably, but they've been winning Stanley Cups now for, well, two of the last three, and they're looking to make it three of the last four. I just think it's hard to imagine a team winning a championship that many times, four times, in today's economy, sports economy, if you will. You've all got salary caps. There are other dynastic-type franchises in the National Hockey League right now. Boston's always been knocking at the door. I think they're a really good hockey team. I think they take a step this year. Tampa's been really, really knocking at the door lately. The Capitals finally burst through the door. Maybe that springs them on a little bit of a run. Uh, The Blackhawks, I don't know if they really affect anything, but they kind of stopped after they won their third championship. Uh, The Kings, they stopped after they won two championships. I think it's really hard to win that fourth. It's really hard to win once, and I gained a new respect for winning the championship after I saw how hard it was to win since 2009. After the Pens did it in 2009, I thought, oh, 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 they're going to keep doing it. And then they didn't until they did, right? I mean, there was a long hiatus between championship years, long when you're expecting to win every single year. So now that we all kind of expect them to do it again, now that we all expect them to win ring number four, now that we expect Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin to bring one more back to Pittsburgh, I can't help but in the back of my head think, ah, we've done this before. It doesn't mean they're going to do it. So I might be leaning towards no. Would it shock me if it's a yes? Yeah, kind of. It's that hard to win a championship. Think about the Seattle Seahawks. Different sport, different economics, I know. But they blow their opportunity to win back-to-back championships. They were a dominating team. And dumbass Pete Carroll's like, let's throw the ball on the one-yard line. When we've got Marshawn Lynch. And everyone said after that, well, the Seattle Seahawks, they'll get another one. Uh, They're that good. They'll be back. They'll get a chance. No! It didn't happen again. And now they're done. Earl Thomas got carted off the field, and that was the last bastion of hope for them to win a championship as the final member of the Legion of Boom is dragged away. 
Richard Sherman plays for the 49ers now. Can you believe that with how hot and contested that rivalry was for a little while? They're done. People said the same thing about Atlanta. Well, they're up 28-3. to They blow it well. They'll get another opportunity. No, they didn't. They're 1-3 right now. They lose this week. They're done. And they certainly don't look like the team that they were two years ago. Last year, they took a step back offensively. This year, they've lost two players to season-ending injuries at the safety position. And they've got a defensive lineman who's not going to start in this game. They're literally without four of their six best defensive players right now. And their window looks like it's closed. You think that teams get more opportunities. And for the most part, it doesn't happen that way. Penguins roster is great. They've got as good a shot as anybody. But there are nine, ten teams that I think could win the Stanley Cup this year. And the math is not in the Penguins' favor. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm getting slapped all up and down Twitter.com right now because people think I'm anti-Phil Kessel. I am not anti-Phil Kessel. I just think he was so bad in the playoffs last year that he qualifies as a bounce-back candidate this year. Latang, Murray, Kessel, Broussard. They each need to be better. Who do you trust the most to be better? How do you rank those four in their ability to bounce back? I'll go like this. Kessel, Broussard, Murray Latang. Kessel had 92 points last season. The reason he stunk in the playoffs is because of injury, but he still needs to bounce back from that injury. He had three even strength points in 12 games. The power plays where he was bread and butter in the regular season, and he, yes, had six assists in the postseason, but it was obvious that other teams didn't think he could hurt them the way that he could in the regular season. He was chopping up the puck like it was Benny Hanna on a hot stove. I expect him to bounce back, though, because he was so good last year during the regular season. He's my number one. Broussard, number two, because I've seen him have success everywhere else he's played. I've seen him raise his game in the playoffs. And I think he's got good line mates, Brian Rust and Dominic Simone. And the Penguins are high on Simone. I believe in their talent evaluation. And I've also been higher on Simone than most. People were crushing him last year during the playoffs. Media members and fans alike. And I said, I like where this kid's head at. He's not finishing, right? But he's in the right spots and he's always on the correct side of the puck. So I like that line to be able to buoy Broussard. He's my number two bounce back candidate that I have faith in. Number three is Murray because I think he's just that talented. He's long. He's athletic. He's got his problems. Fine. But when his father isn't dying, he's good. And that sounds insensitive, but that was the problem last year. He's dealing with the worst moment of his life. He's a young man. He's a young kid. And his father passes away, and he's not expecting that to happen. It was totally out of the blue. That's going to change your your, your psyche. It's going to make it tough to focus on things like hockey when you play a sport for a living. And then he's also getting banged up. So I think this year he'll have an opportunity to bounce back. The reason why I put the other two ahead of him is because he's still so young that maybe last year is closer to what he is than the 923 save percentage in the playoffs year or the 937 save percentage in the playoffs year. Uh, I don't think he's a 908 save percentage guy. I think he's better than that, but maybe he's closer to that than 923 or 937. So I'll put him three because he's young and you'll see. 
Fourth is Chris Letang. People just assume that this summer is going to make him a new player. He's old. He's always been injury prone. And I don't necessarily know if a breather, a break, some time to relax makes you smarter between the years. Chris Letang's biggest problem has always been he doesn't think the game at a high level. I've had people within the organization, whenever I go around there, tell me that they don't look at him as a guy who thinks the game great. He has been a great player when he's been at the top of his game. His athleticism is made up for it. Well, even if he gains back a lot of that athleticism from this summer, from getting time off, from not getting his body beat up over the long playoff haul, I still don't think his athleticism is ever going to be back where it was before because he's just getting older, and everyone gets slower with age. His athleticism is what did it for him before. I think some of that slips away, and you never get smarter. Uh, the more hockey you play, sure, you'd think that you'd get better at being able to read this, read that, not give up an odd man rush here, pinch more responsibly there, but he's never gotten it. Why get it now? So while I think there's a possibility of Chris Letang getting some of his game back and being better than he was last year. I don't think we're ever going to see Chris Letang be what he was three, four, five years ago. So that's my order. Not all you Kessel peeps. You're allowed to say he had a bad playoff and not think he's a terrible human being. Not think he's a crappy hockey player. Phil Kessel's a good hockey player who contributes to this team. Without him, they don't win in 16 or 17. It doesn't mean that he wasn't ass last year in the playoffs. Take off your damn black and gold glasses for a second and realize he needed to be better. Well, Crowley, he was injured. I kind of put that on him, too. I know I'm SJ Dub, and I'm not supposed to be victim-blaming, but when he's getting hurt in the regular season and it's obvious and it's apparent, he needs to sit his ass down instead of trying to play through it for his big old streak. There's physical toughness, and then there's emotional toughness. And I think one way to be emotionally tough is to pull yourself out of a situation when you know you're hurting everyone else around you. He wanted to be physically tough. Look, I can play through the pain. I'm a tough guy. But when you're really tough, I think, is when you say, you know what, I'm hurting my team, and I'm not going to let my pride get in the way of that. I'm going to step away and let somebody else play in the lineup. And then when the playoffs roll around, maybe I'll be healthy enough to help my, or <laughs> healthy enough to help my teammates. Coming up next, hottest take of the day, other crap, three stars of the show. The Yankees are playing a bunch of guys I've never heard of tonight. CSP in Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. He did a couple of annoying radio-y, hot takey things that I wouldn't have done where he goes, go ahead and tell me why you don't think what Tom Wilson did was illegal and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Explain what you think and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Okay, tough guy. Everybody was fighting. Tom Wilson suspended 20 games. million forfeited his salary this year is only $1.1 million. 
signed the $5 million signing bonus, which he received in full on July 1st. If you want to send a message, yeah, taking games does matter. These guys live their sport. I think hockey players have more passion for their sport than maybe any other athletes out there. But when you make $5 million and you lose 1.2 of that mil, that is a huge hole. That is damaging. And the NFL, oh, it's a $10,000 fine. It's a $5,000 fine. How's $1.2 million feeling, Tom Wilson? I think it changes the way he plays. The only problem I have with the Department of Player Safety is they didn't do this a long time ago. It's 103 games, four suspensions. If you go back to the game where he blew up Zach Aston Reese's face, it's like three suspensions and 90 games. They'd have dropped that hammer on him back then. Maybe the Capitals don't win the Cup. And maybe Tom Wilson doesn't kill Oscar Sundquist this time around. They still have not located his head. It is on ice, though. The best part about it... Not many great parts about a guy losing his head, but the best part about that was him hitting him, blowing his face up, and then immediately turning and slashing another St. Louis Blue on the leg. Tom Wilson at least fits his character, right? He is the villain, always is the villain, never going to cease to be the villain until maybe now. Saw this today on our Facebook page. There's a woman who suffered a fracture of the right eye socket and an explosion of the eyeball after getting struck in the face by an errant tee shot at the Ryder Cup. And the comments are just awful. Pay attention is what a lot of people are saying. Why do we always do that? It's very John Steigerwald-esque. When they were putting up the nets at PNC Park, he said, bring a glove. Pay attention to the game. Yeah. All right, bro. It's a freaking golf ball coming from 200 yards away. You don't know when it's coming. And guess what? It's going 100 miles an hour. It's a little tiny white ball. It's the size of an eye. And then you're, you're in the front row in a baseball stadium. What, who are you? Are you the Matrix? You're going to dodge the thing? It's about reflexes, not paying attention. And none of us have good enough reflexes. Most of us don't have good enough reflexes to avoid serious injury in those circumstances. So, Facebook commenters, grow the F up. Yeah, it's not that easy to keep your eye on the ball. She clearly did see it coming. You're supposed to scream four! I always thought look out would work better, but hey, who am I? Yo! Move! Freaking ball coming. Duck! Four. Move your ass! <laughs> I think that works. Look the F out, lady. If I'm walking down the street and a car is going to slam into me at 35 miles an hour and <laughs> yeah. shatter my pelvis, <laughs> I don't want someone going, fool! No, I want cuss words. Get the F out of the way! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, want, Dive! I want emphatic words that aren't used regularly in society. See, they're blaming her and the messages. Really, this is golf's fault. Golf needs to get better with the time. Yeah, there's change four to F and look out. I'm really moving then. If someone screams four at a golf course now, I'm liable to just laugh thinking they're playing a joke on me. Yeah. 
You know what the worst part is, Crowley? They've got like this still shot of this poor lady laying there on the Jesus, on the fairway. She's she's all crumpled over. She's got medical staff around her, and then this Yahoo is sitting there taking a picture of her. It's just such oh a, Jesus, you're it's right. Such a great little just microcosm of everything that is wrong with the human race. Right there, that dude. He's taking a picture. This lady's eye is just blown up, and he wants to get a picture. Oh, my God. It was Kupka that hit it, too. Yeah, it was. It was Kupka. Oh, she yeah. didn't have any chance. No, uh-uh. That's, that's got some velocity Oh, on that's the one guy. If I had to get hit in the face with anybody's golf ball in 2018, it's Kupka that I don't want to get hit with. Not at all. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> the A's are starting a bullpen dude tonight. <laughs> They've done it eight times throughout the year. He's pitched 20-some-odd innings, but he's started eight games. They call him the opener, not the closer. And I just am here to tell all y'all right now, I invented that. I used to do it all the time in MVP baseball. Albert Pujols is on the cover. I was striking his out, ass out in the first inning every time. And then my creative player, Adam Crowley, was pitching 162 innings, one inning every single game. <laughs> I invented this concept. <laughs> Billy Bean's like, oh, we're doing analytics. Get on base. Start the reliever. No, 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 no. I should have. You know what? I came up with the idea for Moneyball, too. Crowley metrics. Yes. You know, in high school, they had something similar they said about me. It's Crowley Metro. <laughs> Hottest take of the day is me being a more cutting-edge baseball guy than Billy Bean. Woo! Other rap. You know, they think hot takes, usually people say, oh, they're not real. No, that's 100% real. <laughs> I invented it. I used to go out in my backyard. I put a welcome mat in front of my garage. My dad's still to this day furious about it because I dented the crap out of the garage. I used to go back there, and I'd pitch, and I'd make up scenarios in my head, and one of the scenarios was, this guy's a special reliever because he comes in before the relief. He's the opener. <laughs> did, did you invent the shift back then, too? Yes, I invented the shift back then, too. Here's another thing I'd like to see fixed in baseball while we're on the subject. Uh, shave the ivy off the wall at Wrigley. Woo! Other crap. I mean, they make women shave everything. Shave the wall at Wrigley Field. Woo! Other crap. It's going for like a 70s Spanish look. Woo! Other crap. It's been 1,055 days since the Browns won on a weekend. Woo! Other crap. It's been 8,000 days since Wrigley's had a haircut down under. Other crap. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Benny Hanna Phil. You ever go to Benny Hanna and you see what they're doing with the shrimp and the chicken? It's delicious. You walk out of there smelling just like the food, but it's tasty. That's what he was doing with the buck. Chop, 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 chop. He looked like Connor Sherry, not Phil Kessel. He has not told the media yet what his injury is. It's because it was that severe. I'm guessing it had something to do with the testicles. Torsion, maybe? It was a groin injury. 
Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, the Denver Broncos Institute of Science and Innovation. When Case Keenum's playing football for the Broncos, doesn't it look like John Elway tried to clone himself in a lab, but it went completely wrong? <laughs> right? Like, he kind of has the same mannerism and the same, like, buck teeth as John Elway did. But, like, it's just everything about him is just a little bit off. I think that they tried to do some lab things with Peyton Manning to make him regrow his neck and get better at the end of his career. And what happened there was that they actually made Brock Osweiler turn into this Frankenstein monster. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, down with the sickness. Brian is very sick. I am now starting to pick up some of the sickness. I think I'm in the early stages. Wes, who does stuff for SNR, is sick. KDO has been hanging around us. She's sick. Alex is probably faking it, but he says he's sick. <laughs> I think we should play a little game called Pass the NyQuil and see if we can all stay awake for the three-hour show. I'm down with that. Let's yes. have a NyQuil party. Oh, jeez. You know, I mean, hey, surprisingly, when you're not expecting it, NyQuil's got a heck of a buzz if you try to fight through the fall asleep part. I did that with Ambien once. Wound up walking through the four-pit tunnel. <laughs> On a unicorn. <laughs> Naked. I mean, my, my thing actually happened. I don't, yeah. No yeah, we know. There. Yeah. That's what we said. The unicorn. Tomorrow on the show. Naked. Penguins, in, they in open the, things up. In the tunnel. Jerry Dulac going to be joining us. And he doesn't know it yet. I'm going to ask Mike Pursuta to come on. Let me give his hockey take. Go Bruins.